step into the studio with the 222 Paranormal Podcast, starring your host, Joe Shortridge and Moa Ginger Ridge. Hello. Welcome back, everybody. We really missed you guys. It's Hope been a whole you... week. I know. Why did the weeks go so fast? Because everybody's just so waiting fast. for the next episode to come out. <laughs> What'd you guys think of last week's episode? Pretty crazy. The ghost brides. Yes. <laughs> Scary. Um, so There's always stories about ghost brides. Always. You know? I love them, though. Yeah. They're so interesting. But before we get into the show, we want you to please hit that subscribe button. If it's called subscribe or follow, it's the same thing. Please hit that button. Leave us a five-star rating and a comment, please, rating and review. It helps us out. Thank you in advance. And if you want to support the show, there's two ways that you can do that. You can share the show. You can share it all over the place, Facebook, whatever Twitter's called again, <laughs> um, Instagram, Yes. Tell a friend, but mm-hmm. word of mouth is really big in podcasting. Please, you know, yeah. tell everybody about our show. And if you'd like to make a monetary donation, the link will be in the description below. We do have a PayPal that you mm-hmm. can donate to the show. Yeah, great. Please. Please and thank you. Yeah. As you know, Joe and I, every year for the past, what, five years, six years, yeah. ten years? I don't even know how long it's been. We travel up to Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, to Michigan Paracon, which is one of the largest Paracons uh, in the United States. I think it's the best. I really do. I think they're all great. They're all great, but this one has an advantage to being one where all the celebrities show up to. Yeah. And they have karaoke, so, you know, you can't go wrong. Right. The, par- the Michigan Paracon parties... Unless you have experienced oh them, you will not understand what they are. It is so much fun. It's so much fun. And for me, I love it because it's right in a casino. Yeah. And, and you know me, I can't, I can't <laughs> not gamble. But it's really fun, though. We, we have a great time. Um, and the interesting thing is, is when you go up to Sault Ste. Marie, you're going to one of the oldest, if not the oldest city in the United States. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's older cities everywhere, but we're just talking about United States proper. It is so historic. And so I, I do feel like when you go there, it just has a completely different vibe. Oh, yeah. Like the energy is different. It's a subtle energy. It's not like a popping uh, metropolis or a no, college town or anything. It's like, it's like a dead silence. <laughs> to is. me, it's very quiet. It's very reserved. There's the Tower of History. The Tower of History. What we went to last year, we finally made it to the top of oh, the Tower of History. My goodness. <laughs> if you have not been there, you need to go because it is so tall. And you can see all of Canada. All I of can Canada. I can see Canada from You can here. see the snow in Canada from that high. <laughs> so crazy. It was, I was a little dizzy, but, you know, me and heights and bridges and we just, you know, coexist. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, we will be talking about the Mackinac Bridge. <laughs> oh, you guys, bridge we pray have to for me. Over. Pray for me. I have to go over I'm going to try to set up a camera. 
and videotape us going over the bridge. No. Not us, but videotape out the window. So okay. In case nobody else has experienced that. Crying because <laughs> I'm such a. Okay. I have to tell you this. This is funny, but not funny. So I was mapping out our, to see how long it takes us. And it's not like we haven't driven up there like forever, but I always still have to go on MapQuest and, and map it out. And I found that there was another way you don't have to go over the Zawaki Bridge. You can go around this little yeah. like cut through and then you go over a flat bridge. I clicked on the picture for the flat bridge and the picture popped up and I literally jumped I was I was at work don't tell my work (laughs) I jumped and almost had a panic attack I started getting sweaty why and lightheaded I don't know it just the way it just looking at the bridge I I can't even explain it I'm like why why does why do I have to have anxiety why do I have to like it was the weirdest thing I was like I had to calm myself down yeah I was like oh my body is in this never-ending fight-or-flight mode. And I don't know how to get out of that. It, you can't live like this, right? No. Like, And it's been like this for a long time, and I'm just like, I can't, I can't. It's but, all the power of the mind. All you have to do is say, it's just a bridge. Who cares? I know, and I try that. I've tried that. Like, I can do this. I can. And I remember when I drove over the Zawaki Bridge. No. When, we were going up there one time. You were driving? Yeah. I drove. Oh. I didn't realize I was going to the Zawaki Bridge. I was literally lightheaded. <laughs> Maybe it was with Peg. It might have been with might my have sister. Been with Peg, because I don't remember you driving. My hands were Jeez. dripping with sweat. <laughs> I had a death grip on the... I didn't realize that I was driving over that bridge. Yeah. Until I got on it. And I... How did I not pass out? I don't know. But the Zawaki Bridge is uh, almost three quarters of the way to the Mackinac Bridge. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about that bridge is they had to build it twice because the first time they built it, the two sides didn't match. <laughs> One was higher they, than the other. Yeah, they oh got done gosh. and it was the wrong. <laughs> oh my gosh, somebody is going to get fired over that one. But no, there's there is no reason that. for it to be that big. Yeah. There no. are... You know, ships that go under it on mm-hmm. the, what bridge, the, don't remember the name of the river that's over. Uh, but um, it's like twice as high as what it, those ships are. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the mayor of the town has a tall sailing ship or something. Maybe. But I'll let you drive over that. I'll drive to Birch Run. Get me over the Zawaki. <laughs> then I'll drive the rest of the way. And then you can drive over the Mackinac. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind driving, you know. It's mm-hmm. just not do so good on those bridges. But but Michigan Paracon, but, but, we but, talk but, about but, it all year. I know. It's an amazing event that you've got to get to. That's all I got to say is if you're listening to this, you have to get to Michigan Paracon because everybody in the paranormal television and radio and entertainment industry is there. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack Osborne is going to be there this year. Yeah, that's a new Hopefully edition. we'll try to get him on. Yep. And... Uh, just it's it's amazing and you know you see the tv shows and you wonder what the people are like in real life well come to michigan paracon and watch them sing karaoke it's amazing (laughs) i like to study the celebrities their actions and interactions you know because 
they're kind of like in that glass bubble, right? And there's some that are great and, mm-hmm. and just like have a good time and talk to everybody. And there's others that don't. But anyways. And there's other ones that just walk past us. With, and we're, we're like, like hi, 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 hi. And they're like nose in the air. Whatever. Only one that I know of. I know. And I'm not going to mention her redhead name. Right. But. <laughs> uh, we. Uh, do you know if um, Bridget Marquette's coming back? I don't know. Oh. The, um, Bridget from Girls Next she, Door. She probably is because Her, once you go to Michigan Paracon, you always come back. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting too is um, one of her podcasts, the um, Ghostly Encounters, I think it was, she stopped doing um, that one because she's got so many other things yeah. going on. But um, I really like that one. But you know, her other podcast is great too. Now, because we're going up north and we're taking you with us virtually, we have found a whole bunch of super cool, super haunted locations, Mm -hmm. weird, spooky places that we want to tell you about. So like maybe you guys can go and visit them or look them up online. But, you know, we like to entertain you with some ghost stories. One thing I didn't get any information on, but I'm going to do a live broadcast from there. Or maybe not. I take that back. I might not do a live. I'm going to try. But I remember last year I tried to do a live from there and the, the internet kept cutting out. But I'll definitely make a video. It's the oldest cemetery in Michigan mm-hmm. is up there. Yeah. And it's in Sault Ste. or in uh, St. Agnes. I was looking at this and I thought, well, wait a minute. Why isn't there any in Sault Ste. Marie? But there is one. And we'll mention that in a minute. But the oldest cemetery in Michigan is actually in St. Agnes. So we're going to stop there and. Check it out, and hopefully I can do a live video for you guys. Well, it was interesting because last time you were trying to do it, it wouldn't work. That's what I mean. We it, got outside of the cemetery, and your phone was fine. Yeah, so <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right, so here is, you know, a lot of these stories are um, in and around Upper Michigan. Very cool. This one is called 304 Halverson Hall. It's in the Northern Michigan University. In the late 1960s, a Northern Michigan student who stayed in this room, room 304, hung herself from the top bunk. It was reported that her ghost still haunts the halls of the third floor of the Halverson. And in a particularly annoying fashion, now according to local legends, Uh, The students who are working late at night sometimes can hear the sound of fingernails scratching down the chalkboard, which is the worst sound in the world, Well, other than me singing. All the uh, schools now have the dry erase boards, so you can't hear that anymore. (laughs) Back in my day. Back in our day. Do you remember, okay, you guys probably, some of our um, listeners who are our age, the chalk for the chalkboard and then they had like that thing that had like five different yeah. things so for you chalks. Learn how you to write straight lines yep. across the chalkboard so you could do cursive writing oh my gosh people cannot even read cursive anymore i know that's crazy these young kids they don't even know how to damn read young kids how are they gonna read historical documents how are they gonna listen to podcasts if they don't know how oh, to read back oh. in our day we had to learn how to do cursive and black writing there is a very cool place called the Landmark Inn. Now, this is in Marquette, towering over Marquette's cityscape and boasting breathtaking views of Lake Superior from guest rooms. The historic Landmark Inn has long ranked one of the most popular sites in the state. Plenty of Landmark ghost stories have been shared since its existence, all eerie on their own right, but 
one ranks as downright spookiest. Okay. So known for its elegant and historic decor, the Lilac Room is on the in sixth floor and is a popular meeting space. But it is better known to those who work the switchboard in the main floor lobby for what happens when nobody or at least you know one no one overly visible uh, makes calls to the room so it's called the lilac room because of the um, lilac lady she was a former lover of a sailor who frequently stayed in the lilac room and once went sailing on the lake superior and never returned so many think for good reason that the heartbroken lilac lady committed suicide in the room by tying multiple lilac imprinted napkins together and hanging herself outside one of the room's many windows. Current hotel workers have described numerous sightings in the hall of the sixth floor of her ghost wearing a floral gown after uh, the switchboard's calls were made. To this day, the hotel lobby switchboard continues to ring and more and more sightings of the lilac lady um, ghosts have been reported oh wow so i'm going to mention some that are in sioux st marie itself okay first one is the sioux brewing company which is a bar the building is believed to be haunted by the former ship captain whose family originally had the structure built and ran their retail operations after leaving activities include disembodied footsteps from the upper floors and a Christmas Carol doll, which would be moved to a different location after the store or after the building had been locked for the night. So is the doll running around upstairs or is it the disembodied footsteps from the children that lived there before? Or is a footstep just the captain walking around? He's looking for his pirate. Or not his pirate, his parrot. parrot. <laughs> <laughs> what do I know? Uh, all right, so there's a place, another place in Northern Michigan University, and it's called the Force Roberts Theater, which we all know theaters are famously haunted. But in the early 1970s, a university janitor fell victim to a serious heart attack in the elevator shaft that connects the Forest Roberts Theater to the Thomas Fine Arts Building. So he was a gentleman with a heavy build, full beard, and jovial personality. But the physical work caught up with him late one Friday night as he took his last breath in the elevator shaft. No ghostly sightings of the janitor have been reported, but mysterious occurrences with the elevator have. After class hours, cameras installed in the hall frequently captured the elevator changing floors, doors opening with no one inside, and the operational lights turning on and off, as if the janitor's spirit is still uneasy after all these years, or perhaps he's just going about his chores. That's interesting, too, because, you know, obviously, as we know, elevators are not going to run until you hit the call button or stuff like that. And for the doors to open up, just he's just going about his business. He's yeah. just going from floor to floor doing his thing. I don't want to work in my afterlife. Yeah, I know. I want to relax on a beach somewhere with my time. Or we could go to a bar, a very loud bar at 7.05 p.m. Oh, my God. I love that place. The Antlers Restaurant, which is in Sault Ste. Marie. Mm -hmm. Now, we've ate dinner here, and this is a cool place. It was formerly operated as a speakeasy and a brothel, but the whole place is full of antlers. And, and stuffed animals and, and uh, it's like 
you, when you walk in there, you can't see the walls anymore because there's so much <laughs> stuff in there. And then at, I believe it's 7.05 every night, they yell out, attention customers, it is going to get very loud in here. And all of a sudden there's bells and horns and air horn or it's, whistles. It's and crazy. They do this song with the bells and the horns and the, the um, steam whistles and all that. Yeah, and, it's so yeah. fun. And it's very loud. Very loud. But, but what's the haunting though? So this place, like I said, was formerly operated as a speakeasy and a brothel. The building was or is believed to be haunted by both a lady of the night. Oh. I'm going back. No. <laughs> Possibly a waitress. Doors have been known to open on their own and the office equipment is known to turn on and off by itself. On one investigation, a team member was pushed on a stairway in the kitchen by an unseen force. Mm-hmm. It's a great little place. Like it is. they have good food and it's really entertaining. So like if you guys are going up there, you know, put that on your um, dinner list. Yeah. And it's, if you, you are ghost. downtown by the locks, just head east and you'll find it. It's, yeah, it's, it's, super it's a little place, it. Yeah, but you'll see it. Yep. It's really neat. Um, So there's, you know, being on the Great Lakes, of course, there's hundreds of lighthouses. And if you guys ever get to do a tour of, like, the Michigan Lighthouses, it's so awesome. Marquette Harbor Lighthouse. Most look at the uh, Marquette Harbor and its lighthouse and see the beauty of the lake. But Taylor Adams, a longtime worker at the Marquette Maritime Museum and daughter of the former Coast Guard station chief, often finds her eyes drawn to spookier apparitions. On several occasions, Taylor witnessed a ghost of a small girl on the upper floors of the lighthouse. Standing in broad daylight, this ghostly figure of a girl is seen staring out of the upper floor window, peering out on the horizon of Lake Superior. It has been reported that the girl prefers catching a glimpse of the horizon when Lake Superior is um, in a calm state. As the winds stir up the lake, the sound of the souls of her long-lost mother and father um, proved too much for her to bear. So I think her parents were lost at sea mm-hmm. and maybe she was too and maybe she just stuck to the lighthouse or something yeah but she's been seen several times and um if you guys look on the, you know look it up you may um see some people posted uh, photographs of her that would be cool yeah it's interesting because the saint augustine lighthouse mm-hmm. also has a ghost of i think a little girl yeah peeking out there it's weird that lighthouses are always haunted yeah but it's a place where it was um, critical to people saving people's lives. You mm-hmm. know, they had to look for that that beam of light to get in safely. Yeah, and you know, it's on the water, and mm-hmm. you know the great how usually, the Great Lakes. Usually, the lighthouse are, keepers are there, and you know, by do them too. lonely, and they're doing the same exact thing every single time. It becomes a residual haunting. Yeah. Um, here's another lighthouse. This one was turned into a um, bed and breakfast at some point. It's called the Big Bay Point. So this one was built in 1896 and stands alone on the lonely but dramatically beautiful Big Bay Point. 
um, jutting into Lake Superior, about 25 miles um, northwest of Marquette. So just north of the quaint town of Big Bay. The original lighthouse keeper, William Pryor, was said to have been both an ornery and hardworking uh, keeper of the light, a perfectionist when it came to the duties of tending to the light in the grounds. His logbook journals were filled with rants about the incompetent and weak work ethics of his assistant keepers. So when Pryor's son took the job, he did um, so with a sense of fear about his dad's um, stubbornness and he was quick tempered. So one day while working on the pier on the north side of the point, he lost his balance and fell on the concrete, cracking his shin bone and cutting himself. He continued working hard, um, keeping up the ground as his father would have wished. Not long after, though, gangrene set in and the young man fell seriously ill. With no clear uh, trails or roads in Big Bay at that time, the fastest way to Marquette to receive medical attention was by rowboat. Uh, the father, William, rowed feverishly to Marquette with all his might to save his ill son, but it was too late. The boy died in the rowboat before they could reach the shore. Uh, returning to Big Bay the following day, falling into a deep depression, Mr. Pryor left a note on the table for Jenny Beamer, who was the wife of another assistant lightkeeper reading. Um, this is a quote. Jenny, that's it. I'm taking a gun and cyanide into the woods. Goodbye. The theory goes that Jenny, no stranger to Mr. Pryor's ornery personality, uh, happened upon him in the woods debating which weapon to use. Gun or cyanide? Cyanide or gun? Jenny, who just so happened to have a length of rope with her in hand, approached him and said, Oh, William, having a problem, I have the solution. And had him stand on her basket and take the rope around the neck and she said it will be quick for you uh, so two years later a walker came across the head of mr Pryor hanging from a maple tree about two miles into the woods from the lighthouse to this day reports of visitors staying at the bay point lighthouse bnb are awakened by a ghost of an elderly groundskeeper with Coast Guard attire and a thick red mustache standing at the foot of their beds in the middle of the night is there one minute and then he vanishes into the wall. Now, how sad is that? That's terrible. She went in and gave him a rope said, here, try this. I know, that's a terrible thing to do. You should have told them to just not do it. Yeah. It's terrible. Um, all right. I got another one. You want to hear another one? Sure. And right. I'll go back to Sault Ste. Marie. Okay, cool. Uh, we'll do one more and then we'll go um, back into the city. So we're still in the bay, Okay. One of the most notable attractions in Big Bay, Michigan, is that of Thunder Bay Inn. Originally used as a one-stop shop facility, functioning as a depot, a first aid station, and a storage site for the mill that was across the street, the Thunder Bay Inn was eventually purchased by Henry Ford and transformed into a home and inn for personal use by the family and his friends. Many of the famous people of the day spent time between the walls. Apparently, some have stayed since they passed. Uh, one night after closing in the inn and doing the final linen wash, Duke, the son of the current owners, headed downstairs to the inn's uh, back kitchen to fix himself a sandwich. So returning up to the stairs, he peered to his left and gazed down the long stairs, um, the hallway, like he did every night. So to his amazement, and he was <laughs> stood in complete shock as he watched the wooden baby rocker in the hall start moving back and forth. 
Knowing that the inn had no ventilation system and having closed every door and window just prior to his nighttime snack, Duke couldn't help believe that what he was watching was the antics of a female ghost rocking her baby to sleep. Duke had mentioned that even more paranormal activity has occurred in the inn and the claims that the ghost is a friendly one, not disturbing any guests or worker. But as friendly as this motherly spirit may seem, Duke still continues to keep his distance from the ghost, just in case. <laughs> so I'm going to go back to Sault Ste. Marie and talking about the museum ship, Valley Camp. Although there's no tragic or, you know, incidences on the ship itself, it does house a lot of um, relics and stuff from other ships, including the Edmund Fitzgerald. One of the lifeboats is in there and it's all mangled up and that's what happened after it went down. But other things happen there. Next to the coal furnace, you can hear voices. Mm -hmm. There's apparitions that appear in the ship. There are, you know, different sounds, voices, you know, lots of times on recording devices. Mm -hmm. So people that have done EVP sessions that pick up a lot of activity. Um, shadow figures are known to be, to be seen in there. That's a very common thing is you see shadow figures mm -hmm. in the engine room um, over near the lifeboat for the Edmund Fitzgerald. Mm -hmm. You see shadow figures in that, which I don't know if they're related to that or not, but knowing the tragedy, I'm sure that their spirits are attracted to that. But that's one thing is, even though there was no tragedy on that ship itself, there's a lot of activity on that ship. Now, this could be because of the, the different artifacts, because a lot of the artifacts that are in there are from ships that went down mm -hmm. or were decommissioned, and they took, like, engines for displays and stuff like that. But the Valley Camp is a very haunted location that they have during Michigan Paracon. They do have ghost hunts there. Yeah. And... We I'm, toured it, didn't we? Oh, yeah. The day. I've yeah, done yeah. it a few times. Okay. And just walking around inside that ship is kind of, quote, unquote, eerie. And even up in, like, the captain's quarters and stuff like that, they see apparitions of different people. Mm -hmm. Whether it was an actual captain that was on the ship or not, we don't know. But it's possible because that was their life. That thing was huge. Mm -hmm. And that is that's nothing compared to the ships that go by during the day at the locks. Yeah. Yeah. But I felt very like, okay, so we went in the, the main hall, like where the iron ore would have been yeah. piled up and it's huge. Like it's just massive. And I think Joe and I were the only people. Mm -hmm. I mean, there weren't a whole lot of people on there, but it felt like people were watching you. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just had that spooky feeling like people watching you. I felt confined. A um, little bit of that fun house effect because mm -hmm. of the, you know, like the unevenness of the floor and yeah. stuff. Um, and then, Because it, it is a metal, obviously metal floor, yeah. but they're really warped because of all the years of, mm -hmm. of you know, the metal pellet or the wood, the iron pellets in the ship. Yeah. Um, very cool to check out, though. I mean, historically and hauntedly. Yeah. So one of the places that we... Haven't been to, but it's called the Satisfied Frog Bar or Pub. Uh, reported activity includes nickels turning up on formerly vacant bars and on the floor. So nickels just appear. And if you hear something in the background, we are getting hit by a major storm right now. <laughs> it's hailing. It's hailing. Giant <laughs> chunks of hail as we're taping our podcast. But uh, Creepy. 
in the spirit of a little girl who has been both seen and heard and a disembodied hand, which is seen gripping the shoulder of a young lady. There's no explanation of where the hand is coming from, who the hand is. They don't see the full body apparition. All they see is the hand and uh, they'd have no clue where the hand's coming from. That's creepy. I saw a TikTok video the other day of this guy was going down in his basement and you know, it was one of those basements and they had like a bunch of different rooms and there was like this like um, frosty glass like partition and like as he's going through a little child's hand goes up against the wall. I jumped out <laughs> of my skin and I'm sure it was probably, you know, made up or whatever. Yeah. But if it was real, it was very scary. <laughs> okay. Um, this one's interesting. This is a, the old Catholic cemetery in Marquette. Um, perched at the corner of Pioneer Road and Division Street in South Marquette sits a patch of woods where the old Catholic cemetery used to be located. Sitting along Pioneer Road, And just tucked into the woods is a sign describing the brief history of the cemetery and the story behind its um, relocation to Wright Street and the people that are buried at the site. They're still buried there. So the location became a burial place for numerous Marquette Catholics beginning in 1861 due to the shortage of space. The area um, where the current Holy Cross Cemetery on Wright Street sits was purchased in the early 1900s for additional burials. Between 1912 and 1925, 165 Catholics were buried in the overcrowded cemetery and were transferred to uh, the expansion space. However, not everybody was accounted for in the transition, perhaps since geographic and topographical maps at the time uh, were far you know, less accurate than what they are today. So over time, all the gravestones were moved to the new location, but some of the bodies could not be found or retrieved since uh, being left behind, lying somewhere beneath the old cemetery soil. Today, when a strong southerly wind blows through the forest that um, has grown over the old burial sites, the residents of the trailer park across the street hear voices and screams of the bodies left behind. One could assume that the dead are looking for the loved ones um, that were taken from them nearly a century ago. That's spooky. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And we've been in cemeteries where we've heard voices. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Many times. um, Audibly and through our spirit box. I just saw this video uh, the other day of this guy who was, um, he is a historian and he was in Florida and there's this... um, beach area it's like a state park uh but you have to go through it to get to the beach it's a native american burial ground now i know we talk about american burial grounds a lot but it was an actual site people have been going in there because it's like loose sandy soil it's almost like a pea gravel okay and going in there and digging up the bodies because you know these are 200 year old graves Mm -hmm. or you know old graves not and they were just buried they weren't in boxes or anything or coffins and he's walking through and like people they show piles of where they sifted through the stuff and people were taking the skeletons and the teeth to make jewelry with the teeth or something 
uh, desecrating the graves and this guy was just like he was just mortified because he's walking through and there was it wasn't like one or two there was like a lot Jeez. i'm like how first of all <laughs> you shouldn't be doing that yeah second of all do you really want to get that haunted? Because it's about to happen. But just they don't think of that. They just think it's cool. Look what I got. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Don't, yeah, we don't recommend that, people. No. Just go and do your ghost hunting and just take pictures and don't take any other things. <laughs> um, this is the Chocolay River Trading Post. Now, this is in Marquette also. Marquette was kind of like the big city back yeah, then it was you a know. seaport yeah so um the building that now houses the chocolate river trading post a local downtown furniture store and elizabeth's elizabeth's chop house was once home to the oakley furniture store but now it's the store's basement that is truly the hot spot so old photographs of downtown marquette show the sign suspended from the building's facade, one that gives clues to what is happening, and it's really pouring rain right now, so if you guys hear something in the background, um, it's not a ghost. Uh, and it gives clues to what was happening underneath. So the sign read, Oakley's Furniture and Undertaking. Apparently, the cadaver embalming um, was practiced in this building in the basement, and the city morticians of the time would preserve the dead throughout... Um, the long Marquette winters for summer burials and funeral processions. No word as to um, whether the cadavers are currently wandering in the building or not, but it's spooky all the same, and it freaks the people out who work there because they don't want to go down in the basement because they have creepy feelings. I'd like to go there. Yeah. <laughs> Take me to your basement. <laughs> Thunder from down under. Um, let's see. Okay, here's a really um, spooky one you guys can check out, too. It's called the um, Acox Medical Center, and it's in Morgan Heights. So nestled on the side of County Road 492 between Marquette and Nagami, um, in an area known as Morgan's Heights, it's two brick houses that were once part of a tuberculosis hospital uh, named Acox. Built in the late 1930, Acox Medical Center housed medical staff and clients who resided in two brick houses that are still standing today. Houses once connected to now demolished Acox by a series of underground tunnels. That didn't make any sense. <laughs> houses that are connected by underground tunnels. Okay. Uh, they stretch great distances along the county road um, 492. Medical staff and um, clientele resided in the two brick ho houses that still stand today. The houses were connected to the ACOX, which has um, since been de demolished by a series of underground tunnels. So basically, these two residences were connected to the hospital by underground tunnels. I got it. Which makes sense because if you've ever been in a the Upper Peninsula during the winter, mm -hmm. it snows a lot. Yeah. <laughs> totally <laughs> like makes sense. a foot a night. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And without modern, like, <laughs> vehicles mm -hmm. removed 18 feet of snow. Yeah. Um, medical advances um, to better cure tuberculosis came well after the ACOX was constructed. So experimental treatments were used on ACOX patients that would never be carried out today. Okay. So stories are told of mentally and physically ill patients who were treated with electric shock therapy and copious amounts of morphine-tainted elixirs. 
Psychic mediums and local journalists, journalists have toured the tunnel since ACOX was demolished and have detected paranormal experiences, cold spots where they believe ghostly spirits live on today. In a field just out in front of the two stone houses, a paranormal psychic reported seeing hundreds of ghostly souls of the ill patients um, deliriously wandering, still lost in their medically induced stupors. So can you imagine driving by and like <laughs> you were a psychic medium and just like, oh boy, is the walking dead out here. <laughs> no, it was a walking ghostly dead. Yeah. <laughs> Zombified by all the drugs. Zombies. We know from experience that the treatment that the mentally ill or whatever you want to call them, and a lot of them weren't. When they went in, they yeah. were, you know, they may have just been someone that pissed someone off and they say, well, you're mentally ill and, you yeah. know, but the treatment that they got was Horrifying. unbelievable. Horrifying. And that's everywhere. You know, all the old asylums we go into and all that is, it just blows your mind at the level of electroshock therapy and stuff like that mm-hmm. and the phlebotomies and all that. Being guinea pigs for these, you know, quote unquote doctors uh-huh. who, you know think that they could just because somebody's mentally ill or whatever they have the right to do whatever to mm-hmm. them that's awful yeah you know even if you were an unruly wife a husband that's could I mean. throw you in there yeah. i'm like Phew. a kid that, i would have been thrown in because you know i'm not really at all <laughs> you know kids are always rambunctious in that and just by doing that mm-hmm. they were considered yeah mentally ill yeah it's crazy it's sad but the last one that I want to talk to is back in Sault Ste. Marie. And it's a hotel that me and Jen are going to be staying at for the Michigan Paracon. It's called the Ramada Ojibwe Plaza. Now, it's run by the Marriott now. It's believed to be haunted by Beatrice, the former owner's wife. Mm-hmm. And back then, they actually had what would be considered a house in there now, which is now hotel rooms. But those rooms are said to be extremely haunted and they see the apparition of Beatrice mm-hmm. walking through there. Wow. And people that stay in that area find that their suitcases when they come back to the room are all unpacked and open. Really? The rooms are made up, although housekeeping has never entered the room. There's also reports that a tall man in dress clothes and a top hat is spotted wandering through the lobby area. I'm so excited to stay here. <laughs> other apparitions Uh-oh. are kids, other adults, mm-hmm. uh, kids in a pool area. Guests say that their phones ring when they pick it up. There's no one there. Stuff like that. You yeah. know, typical hotel creepiness and strange things that happen. And we are going to do a paranormal investigation in our room when we are there. And hopefully we'll film it for you guys. Hopefully, guys can't hear the. It's thundering and lightning while we're taping this. But no, I'm and so excited. As you were talking, I would looked out the window and it mm-hmm. was blue sky. It was like a, like a, the rain, blue sky, and the more clouds. So it's kind of weird out. It's very weird. Um, I'm excited just because, you know, we, we're staying in a haunted hotel it's, in a haunted town. Yes. For a paranormal convention, it's gonna be great. Hopefully, some of our friends like Dalen from. The Ghost Brothers, we're going to be hanging out with him. Yes. Hopefully, he'll come up to the hotel and maybe we'll do a ghost box session yeah, or something. Yeah, we should go to the cemetery. Now, yeah, the cemetery. 
cemeteries are kind of cool in Sault Ste. Marie. There's one downtown that has what's called spirit houses. What now, is these that? is Native Americans, and this state still do it to this day. When a Native American passes away, within two days, they their beliefs are that they need to be buried. So they're buried, but also within the two days, they make these little houses that go on top of the grave. There's different styles mm-hmm. of them, but a lot of things that are in common are once these are built, they'll put stuff inside them that the person that died, their personal possessions, oh, stuff okay. like that. Right. Um, they'll If you look at them, they'll have a little hole at the top so that the spirits can go in and out of the house. Oh, that's so cool. Now, some of them are made of stone, some of that, but the ones in Soup St. Marie are original from years ago. Mm-hmm. And they're made of wood, and they have shingles and that on them, just like little houses, but they're in the same size as what a casket would be. Okay. And they're designed so that their beliefs are the spirit won't rest. So the spirit can come and go as he pleases until that spirit house collapses and falls in. So when you see them, they'll be, you'll think, well, why don't they fix these up? No, they're designed so that okay. when they put them in there, they're going to fall apart. Okay. And it's going to take years, but they eventually fall apart and become part of the dirt. Oh, my gosh. So they never take away if something falls, they don't take a piece of it away. Mm-hmm. Or if something falls, they don't fix it. So. It's like it's it's supposed to. Yeah. Just. When the building collapses is when the spirit actually okay. goes home. So you see those a lot. In different cemeteries up in Michigan and around the country. I love that. Um, Alaska has them, stuff like that. But it's so interesting because you're walking through the cemetery and there's these little houses. But that's what they are. And to this day, even Native Americans that pass away, now they build these spirit houses. And there's all different styles. Mm -hmm. But the general shape is about the same size as a casket would be. Mm So you'll see those if you go yeah. to... This. We'll post some pictures on our page when we get up there and, and get to the cemetery. Another cemetery that's there that we went to, we walked through or we drove through and a fox came up to the car. Yeah. That was... Actually, we were out. We were walking. Were we? Yeah. Okay. So, Joe, you know, we drive into this um, cemetery and there's no fences. Um, and this fox... And, you know, normally wild animals they're skittish and they'll run away mm-hmm. this thing came up and just sat down like a puppy or dog would do and just stood, sat there and watched us and you know so he took pictures of it and when i took the pictures of it the eyes were completely blacked mm-hmm. out like big like matte circles where yeah. the eyes were it was so creepy and, the, and that was on my old phone and i don't uh, have my phone anymore and what was interesting was we were talking to someone, and we didn't even tell him about the cemetery, but we we mentioned about, you know, we're going to try to explore some cemeteries and that. And he says, yeah, you know, the cemeteries around here, the fox spirits are really active. And we're like, we have a story for you. <laughs> and he couldn't believe it. He was like, "Yeah, you may have seen the fox spirit. Yeah, which is cool because I didn't, you know, wasn't expecting it yeah. and wasn't scared of us. Yeah. So... We're going to talk to Dalen because you know Dalen does his cemetery stuff. And we're going to mm-hmm. try to get him to either do his show from that mm-hmm. cemetery with us and have us there. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. We'll you know, see. We never know. Yes. I have lots of questions for him about spirits. We have many discussions to take place <laughs> about spirits.
And Jack Osborne is going to be there this year, and I'm yeah. going to try to get him on the show. Yeah, if not, I'm going to at least say hi and tell him, you know, we want you to be on the show sometime. Yeah, absolutely. We hope we can get him on and hear about his spooky experiences. He um, did a lot in Ohio. You know, he did a lot of his show. They went to a lot of the spooky places in Ohio, Mansfield and, yeah. you know, Octa- I think he went to Octagon Hall. Ohio. Oh, anyways, I think that's in Kentucky. Oh, anyways, we'll try to get mm-hmm. as many interviews with the showrunners as we can. Yeah, you never know. I mean, I know they're very busy, mm-hmm. um, but you know, it's it's part of it. Just like we say, you know, with Stanton, we're like, hey, you want to be on the show? He's like, okay, you know. Oh, <laughs> Stanny. So as you're listening to this on Sunday, we will be driving home from Michigan Paracon. You missed it. But there's always next year plan. It does take a year to plan because, it does. It, you know, it's so far away. But it's worth it. It is a long drive, it is, but it's very much worth it. And uh, come up to all these haunted locations we talked about on the show. And book your hotel early. Yeah. <laughs> to get a good one. Get a haunted one. Yeah, the, either the, the Ojibwa or stay at the casino. For sure. So anyways, thank you for listening. And like we always say, if you get any enjoyment out of the show, please share it in many places you can. Share it on Instagram. Put it up on your Instagram stories. Share the show. Tell your friends. And if you do want to make a monetary donation, we do have a link in the show notes to our PayPal account. And we could, like we say, any amount helps. Yes, guys. Everybody have a great week. Keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a great job. Appreciate you listening. You guys are awesome. High five yourself in the mirror tonight because you're great. All right. And let's leave with let's get this party started from Dead and Five. Goodbye, everyone.